This time on the Magic Kitchen podcast, we're talking about magic in the workplace. I'm Leander Witchwood. And I'm Elise Wells. And welcome to the Magic Kitchen podcast, where we talk about magic, kitchen witchcraft, herbs, and everything in between. We're in the smack middle of Mercury Retrograde as we record this, and I know there's a lot going on, and we have some catch-up to do before we get to our episode. So tell me tell me about what you've been up to, Elise. I know you have tons going on, so I love hearing about your adventures. <laughs> yeah, well, I as this releases, I am in the UK for uh, a couple of weeks for the Jane Austen Festival. I'm in Bath, Fun. and it is my second year at the festival. So it's really nice to have some friendships formed and to be able to catch up with folks. Um, And, you know, Mercury retrograde is happening and everybody gets kind of (laughs) panicked about retrogrades. But what I've learned and I'm traveling during Mercury retrograde, which Mercury affects travel, communication and technology. So when we're talking about a retrograde, what we're really saying, what, what that means is that the planet that rules those qualities is asking you to take a deeper look at those issues. And that unfortunately usually means that those things will be heightened, which in the Mm. case of like communication issues or travel issues, or that's usually, you know, a bad thing. But like Venus retrograde, for example, we had a Venus retrograde throughout most of this summer. And that actually is a chance for relationships to be brought closer because it asks you to look at love in your life and consider where you're putting your time and energy when it comes to your emotions and if those people are, are deserving of that. So people make big commitments in the summer and that's during Venus retrograde, that's actually a good thing. So for me, I found that actually traveling during a Mercury retrograde is an opportunity for growth in directions that I might not have been able to have outside of that retrograde. So maybe I'll make bolder decisions with communications, you know, maybe I'll reach out for something bigger, but, but it makes me stop and think about it. So it it gives me more of pause before sending that email or replying Mm. to that offer that I got. Right. So that's, that's really what it asks you to do. Like think a little bit more than you might normally before involving yourself in communications that could be path altering. (laughs) Which travel is definitely that. It's like definitely fast, fast to, tra- to personal growth. So, right. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, Mercury retrograde is never kind to me in the electronics atmosphere, and um, that's a, like last retrograde. I had a weird thing with my car. Like my car is almost brand new, and I get in my car <laughs> last retrograde and it won't start. And it was something to do with the battery like that. It was, you know, like dead center of retrograde. It just decided to poop out. Lovely. And of course, you know, newer cars, they're all electronic. So all the electronic things go wrong. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and that's it was some sort of sensor. And oh, yeah, it was an expensive, expensive <laughs> retrograde. Um, this one is it's not necessarily I mean, knock on wood. I am knocking on my head and knocking on my wooden table here because so far it hasn't been um, electronics messing with me, but it's messing with, you know, members of my family, my husband in particular. Like he had just a really amazing ride yesterday where, you know, his company was at risk because they're um their um, like firewall people just dropped them as a client. It was just insane. And I, you know, sat there with him. He was working for four hours to ensure that his cl- customers, his clients had security. So <laughs> it was just that reminder that, you know, what can go wrong will go wrong. And yeah. if you're not paying close attention to it, like don't tempt the fates, <laughs> I guess. 
in retrograde. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it also is a reminder that even if you're not aware of retrogrades, like your husband mm-hmm. does not study and follow no. astrology. Nope, he does not. But he was nope. affected by it. So that's where our leg up <laughs> as witches comes from when we do follow these things and keep an eye on it and check our witches day books <laughs> and planners and decide, okay, yeah. hmm, not going to apply for that job. I actually just right. sent off the day of the full moon um, was, you know, still coinciding with the Mercury retrograde. But I said, you know, yeah, what? no, yeah. I'm, I'm going to use the positive energy of this full moon, which is, yes. and it's also it was a blue moon. So that's really a very powerful moon, yeah. any negativity communication wise. So I had mm-hmm. some big communications to do. I sent them off that day. You know, yeah. like I used the positive overriding energy Yeah, to do that. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so what's going on in the rebel mystic community for you oh my gosh so so we're coming up this is september so we are doing um kitchen witch magic so we're doing nice. kitchen witchery so the mentoring session i'm going to start talking about uh, occult herbalism and magical herbalism as it applies to the kitchen and then in our ritual this month i'm so excited for it because we're going to magically infuse a seasoning blend and this seasoning blend we're going to blend together we're going to infuse it and then we're going to you know have that in our kitchens available to you know sprinkle onto chicken or vegetables or fish whatever and use it when we need that boost of magical energy so you know you need some luck we're going to you know infuse it with luck we're going to infuse it with positive vibes for the family so if you you know family comes home they're a little cranky you know make some magic chicken (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> but then next month I'm really excited about next month. Um, not only because it's October, but because I launched the Rebel Mystic Method, and this one I'm so 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 excited about because I have been working on this project within my personal life for almost 20 years, and without realizing that's what I was working on until it all came together. And I have this huge guidebook; it's over 90 pages of information, helpful tips exercises, worksheets, everything to really manifest that enchanted, magical, best life that you want for yourself. And this is the method that I use to manifest the things I need in my my life. So my house, my car, my businesses, everything, friendships, everything. And um, I'm so excited about this because I use it every single day. So I, I, I know if it works for me, I know it's going to work for other people. And it's so practical. Um, one of the worksheets in there is working with a deity or with a spirit or an ancestor and collecting their information and connecting with them on the deepest level. So this super blue moon, I used that worksheet to research, connect and deeply dive into my relationship with Aryan Roth. And it's such a magical experience when you can learn to understand yourself and the spirits and energies you work with on a more intimate level and then connect that with ritual. So that's really what this is all about is creating the rituals of life that help you manifest and live the enchanted life that I think we're all chasing, but we have a hard time manifesting. So this is where I'm like, yay, let's do this. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. And the, when I launch this, what it'll be is um, I'm going to launch it as a live walkthrough of the guidebook so you'll get me personally for an hour or two or probably more than that because it's a big book and I'll, we'll leave room for questions and interaction and that sort of thing but i'm going to walk everybody who signs up for this live event they're going to get a copy of the book and then i walk through the book with you page by page and deep dive into the concepts and the practices and yeah it's fully supportive fully immersive and i can't wait nice Oh, that's really good. Yeah, my September what are you up to? in our yeah. Patreon. Yeah, I know you've got a lot going. <laughs> yeah, the magical living community I run on Patreon is focusing on the themes of the coming of autumn. So September is this mm. liminal time because we still might get some warm days. It's warm enough to spend yep. day, time outdoors, but it's not so hot that the mosquitoes are biting you and you're sweating through your skin and you need sunscreen <laughs> upon sunscreen. You know, it's that beautiful time to really take in the outdoors. So, and also give thanks for what we have. So we'll be creating a harvest spell jar, which will be a transformation ritual working with the full moon in Aries that September blesses us with. And we're also (laughs) doing for Maven a ritual of thanks. 
that includes some celebration ideas that you can do that are covert witchy activities to host a dinner with your folks. And, and actually fun fact, and you'll read about this in the, in the ritual, I have a, a blurb on it, but the, the festival that Americans celebrate that it's called Thanksgiving was originally celebrated mm-hmm. in September because that is the harvest time for that makes you know sense. where the pilgrims were living in North America at the time. So they moved it because it made it easier to sell cards and to have capitalist <laughs> events. Like truly that's why they moved it because it had right, Halloween, right. then Thanksgiving, then Christmas. They found that that yeah. performed better for businesses. So that makes sense. Yeah. It does. So September, <laughs> you know, I always get that song, like every 1st of September, I get that song by the White Stripes in my head. Fall is here, hear the yell, back to school, ring the bell. Like yeah. it, every time is like my <laughs> anthem for the first few weeks of September. Um, <laughs> and I'm also in my community sharing an exclusive tour of my cat colony, the land spirits of Artemis, Greece, where I live. So I'm really excited about that. Nice. When I started doing exclusive videos, I was originally doing exclusive articles and I did a poll with the community and said, like, where do we see this going? Do we prefer videos Mm -hmm. over articles? And actually, everybody said videos. And then I opened that up as an exclusive poll for community members. So if you're a member, you just it's an ongoing thread. You just add ideas. Like if you're doing something and you're struggling with it, you can be like, Elise, can you show me how to do this? So October is also actually that one's much more magical than meeting my land spirits personally. It is a <laughs> a full morning routine with me. Like, so that's oh, awesome. Yeah. So it's, it's stuff that I don't feel comfortable sharing on social media because it's to such a wide audience. Like, yeah. you know, in the matter, we were talking about this a little bit this week, Leandra and I, how mm-hmm. like, I don't share the nitty gritty of my magical practice on social media. I share a lot about my beliefs or where I get yes. my thoughts from, but I don't, I don't, you know, share the the dedications I read at the beginning of my rituals. I don't show actual mm-hmm. video of spoiler right. alert. Like most of the time you see me in videos doing ritual things. That is what I look like doing a ritual, but it's not actually a ritual because I wouldn't bring right. technology ritual. into a, into a ritual space like that. Right. And I think that comes from my Mediterranean background of like, it mm-hmm. invites the evil eye to share the, the intimacy of your practice mm-hmm. too intimately too too closely yeah yeah so but i do feel comfortable sharing that in our community space on patreon the members i've got in my magic living community are so uplifting and positive with each other it's yeah. such a great space awesome. so yeah if you're looking to really dive into a seasonal living where you're focusing on the the flow of the wheel of the year and you know you want some guidance on how to celebrate that and you want a community of uplifting people to share your experiences with so september really has like become the, the themed month of tarot in a way as well because my workshop for september is going to be an introduction to becoming an intuitive tarot reader so if you're interested in learning your cards more deeply if you're tired of always having to get that book out when you try and figure out what you think you're reading for yourself <laughs> this is the workshop for you <laughs> so join me on the 30th and uh hopefully if you're if you're really ready to dive into your relationship with your cards you will love this workshop. Um, and it's also been great because I've had so many tarot readings being booked for September. So if you're interested, I also added a new reading spread that I'm doing for overcoming grief. So that could be really good for you. I, it just, it came up out of necessity because so many people unfortunately are dealing with loss. And I think also entering the autumn and the liminal time of fitting veil, it gets us thinking about our ancestors more than usual. So um, check out my grief spread as well. If you're looking for a tarot reading to help overcome some, some vibes, some negative vibes this season. Yeah. Well, it gets deep and and this for me and for the, uh, the community I work with, including my coven, this is where it started actually within the coven is this is our season for shadow work. Like this is where we go, the deep dive and shadow mm-hmm. work. Like, we're, we're always doing shadow work. But this is the deep dive in shadow work. So um, you reminded me that I am going to start opening the dark mirror coaching up for individuals who want to work one on one with me in their shadow work, in that shadow realm to work through this time of year, not only spiritually, but also emotionally and mentally to get yourself prepared for that dark time of the year, because that can really lead us to 
deep reflection, if we don't know where, where to put that and how to, you know, function inside of that, then we, I don't know, it, it, it becomes counterintuitive to us rather than helpful because we, we have to give ourselves that space to relax into it, to digest it. So um, I, I'll put the link in the show notes to um, sh- if you want to show your interest to the dark mirror coaching and uh, you can sign up for that, uh, the, the email list, because I haven't fully opened it up yet, but uh, it's basically you work with me every week, once a week, and we do activities and exercises linked to shadow work that lead you to that understanding of self and finding uncovering those superpowers, you know, digging that gold that's in your psyche, in your shadow that you you have those superpowers. You've just been denying them. Yeah. And uh, even the rebel mystic method that I mentioned earlier, it, it takes a dive into the shadow work. So this they're both connected intimately and it's such an opportunity to know yourself better and to live that life of balance and, you know, not placing your energy in the wrong places. I think that's where it really boils down to. We tend to place our energy into these places, into these people, into these emotional traps that throw us off. So Elise and I were talking about this episode and discussing the issues and potential dangers of bringing your craft, bringing your magic into your workplace and what that could mean. I know um, in my history, in my experience, I was an executive assistant. So I worked for, you know, high end executives who had very particular ideas about the world (laughs) Very particular ideas about women, very particular ideas of how people should behave. Um, And it's interesting because they had no problem bringing their religion into the workplace. You know, yeah, they they never do do prayer. Oh, no, they had no problem with it. Like they saw nothing wrong with imposing their beliefs onto others. Um, I remember one instance I was sitting at my desk and I had an, a picture of a labyrinth. It was actually the Char's labyrinth in France, which is in a cathedral, a Christian cathedral. Eh? <laughs> and the one executive came up to me and said, Ooh, what's that woo woo stuff on your desk? You really shouldn't have that. But yet on his desk, he had a big wooden cross. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, so yeah, there was this big double standard. And I'm sure many of you who are out in the workforce that practice witchcraft experience that too. And you might be a little tight lipped about what you practice and what you believe for good reason, because there is a lot of discrimination that happens Mm -hmm. when we get too vocal or people know a little too much about who we are and what we do. You know, when you're in a professional field, you can't risk being targeted by other people yeah and especially when it comes to executives and that sort of thing so that that horrendous issue of being ostracized being judged being discriminated against is very very real Mm -hmm. yeah and this comes up a lot when people ask about the broom closet they're like well you know i'm not Um, really out of the broom closet because i'm not out at work well I don't think that's on us, really. That's society's, you know, unwillingness to to fight for our rights in that way. Like, it feels icky to say sometimes because there's people suffering so much more. But witchcraft is a marginalized community. We don't have the same freedoms that other religions do. And even as we fight for the religions of, you know, Muslim people in the U.S. and Europe, or we fight for... um, Judaism in predominantly Christian mm-hmm. regions. This is more of a European fight, I think, than an American one. But still, <laughs> it's it's it would sound like we would be made to feel crazy or stupid for mm-hmm. adding mm-hmm. ourselves to that list. And we are the fastest right. growing religion in the UK and one of the fastest growing yes. religions in the US. So there's yes. really no reason for that discomfort. But it is there. And that, that yes. wreaks havoc on, on our psyches as witches. So we're hoping this episode is going to give you some insights into how you can covertly 
bring strategies of witchcraft into your mundane life and hopefully how you can also feel more confident in your craft, even when you feel like you can't freely express it. Yeah. And when you were talking, it brought to mind something I saw yesterday. Um, I was watching a ritual. It was a live TikTok ritual of a group of people. They were all strangers coming together to, it was, it was for um, the full moon on Lunasad. And they all came together. They did a, a live for people that couldn't be there. It was, it was the lunar fair. So I don't know if you've ever heard of that. I just recently learned about it and I want to go so badly. <laughs> so if anybody from the lunar fair is listening, please help me get there. <laughs> but um, so it was a group of people coming together to do ritual together. And in my experience and my knowledge, I'm looking at this I'm like, oh, yay, I'm going to participate. So I'm sitting in the live and I'm participating with them, even though I can't be there physically. And I'm watching the comments and people came to that live who had no business being there with so much hate. Now, how would they feel if we came mm. into their church's Zoom or their church's live or their church and started yeah. just vomiting all this hate in the middle of their service, in the smack in the middle of their service, that would not be tolerated. But somehow we're expected to just accept it and be shameful that we tried to express ourselves for what what we believe and, you know, try to connect with one another through ritual in a sacred space and share that sacred space with others who are of yeah. like mind. No, it was atrocious. Really and disappointing it, to hear. But also, sadly, yeah, not surprising. It angered me. Like, I was so That's pissed. the world you live in. And <laughs> as witches, we often have the chance then to rise above it. The Magic Kitchen Podcast is funded and supported by thewitchwoodteahouse.com, offering a variety of hand-blended loose-leaf teas, as well as loose herbs for all of your ritual, spell work, wellness, and everyday enjoyment needs. If you would like to support this podcast while sipping a great cup of tea, head over to thewitchwoodteahouse.com and find the magic that's in store for you. So in my former life, I was a classroom teacher in Baltimore. And in that role, it was really important to me, not only because schools are meant to be secular, and I do believe in that. I think public schools should be. I don't think any religion should be taught, you know, like I'm not going to start any type of prayer up there. But um, also mm -hmm. within that, I also was conscious of, okay, well, what I wear, if, I, you know, I shouldn't wear my pentacle to school, for example, or because you also don't want to be at the receiving end of really angry parents when you answered a question, honestly, that a student might have had. <laughs> you know, that's where I would have been with it. It would never have been an intentional indoctrination. Like, witches famously do not evangelize. We do not proselytize. Nope. We actually make it very hard for you to join our covens. We were like, stick it out for a year and a day and then yes. maybe we'll talk. Like, that's how we are. And that's yes. it's not yes. exclusionary. Yes. It's just we only want people who want to be here. There's no tricking you. We don't people. baptize yeah. you at birth. Like none of that's going to happen here. It's just not going to happen. And um, so I, I always have that mindset, of course. But as a teacher, I was I had this added fear, mostly of parents. It really less the administration because they're so busy. They don't really even when you desperately need them, <laughs> they won't show up. But the parents are oh, very gotcha. like controlling in the school environment this this time of I don't know this this I don't know I don't want to say generation because it's just the past two years like my first few years of teaching no. were fine there was just something that happened during COVID that I don't know so I was very concerned about that and also at the same time I knew how valuable having witchcraft practices at work was so I needed to straddle that line um, and right. we're going to share some of our, our best strategies we found for using magic in the workplace covertly um, absolutely but something interesting so I noticed in my experiences as a teacher, I had two instances where a child had pagan parents who were in both mm -hmm. instances, they weren't dictating anything at all to those students, but they were ex allowing them to explore multiple religious avenues, which I do notice that we talked about that in our episode on pagan parenting with Corey Ravensey, where pagan parents are less yeah. likely to indoctrinate even within their own religion. They just, kind of provide opportunities for that child to explore spirituality in any way they can. 
Um, and that was the case. Absolutely. And both times, and rarely did a parent ever come to a parent-teacher night, but both of these witchy parents did. Both times, they recognized <laughs> right away that I was a witch. And I am consciously dressing not to look witchy. I am consciously <laughs> I think we know that. each other, though. I think we really do. <laughs> exactly. We do. So so that's what I would, I would recommend. Like, when we're faced with these dangerous fears of what it's like to be in the workplace, think think about the facts that there are more spiritually inclined folks alive and well today than at any other point in human history. So there is yeah. an ally for you out there, whether that's another witch or uh, maybe a yeah. Buddhist or an atheist, you know, like really when it comes to yeah. allies at work, they don't need to believe exactly what we believe. That doesn't, that doesn't come into it with friendships for us usually as witches either, but you'll find allies in unsuspecting places. So actually pra- practicing your witchcraft I say that in quotation marks because, like we said, we're going to give suggestions where unless they know, they won't know. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) You got to be in the know. I just got Hamilton in my head. (laughs) He's like, (laughs) you don't know what we know. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's excellent. Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, definitely like that. I think that's. Our main fear is being pushed back against so hard with so much hate that it it threatens the it threatens our job. It threatens our livelihood. Um, I've not personally experienced this, but I know people who have experienced where they, you know, were a little more open at work and they all of a sudden mysteriously lost their job. And then they would have people come to their home and throw eggs at their house and you know there was graffiti it was just really horrible so when when we say that which witches are a marginalized group we mean that they we are absolutely i mean maybe we're we're not um fearing for our lives literally but our livelihoods definitely and our yeah. safety definitely yeah um exactly. and i think the more we push back against and this is where this is where it's such a sucky situation. I think the more we push back against cultural norms that are unhealthy for certain marginalized communities, the harder the opposition hits back. Does that make sense? Like we we have to be careful of that. We have to be careful about how we come out and how we speak and how we present ourselves because the opposition once they view us as open and a threat to them for whatever reason, even though we're not a threat, you you still get that repercussion. They could start getting violent. They could start, you know, I, <laughs> I've heard stories of parents having um, child social services and protective services called on them simply because their neighbor figured out that they were, they were pagan and didn't like that. <laughs> so they thought that child social services should get involved. Like there's That's definite terrifying. dangers there. It is. Yeah. It's terrifying. And in the workplace, it's no different. Um, I, I had a one coven mate who's it was not proven, but it was pretty obvious. Um, she had a male coworker who found out somehow. I don't. I think he found her on MySpace. Going way back, this is way back. Like he <laughs> found her on MySpace, and her MySpace was very pagan. But she had it under another name. Like she didn't use her name because she was trying to be discreet. Yeah. But somehow he found out it was her. Somehow he connected to her and confronted her at work and was threatening her at work. And nobody was doing anything until finally, 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 she he did something. He did enough of something to get fired. And that afternoon, after he was let go, her car was keyed. And it had like just like horror written on it and like just ridiculous shit. Like her all the entire circumference of her car was destroyed. So yeah, (laughs) people get really belligerent when they think that they are in the right to do so. You may have noticed that here at the Magic Kitchen Podcast, we don't have sponsored ads. 
That's because this is a fully listener-supported show. We do what we do for you, dear listener, and when you join my Magical Living community on Patreon, you're supporting all the time and energy that goes into setting up podcast interviews, writing articles and rituals, my paranormal mystery novel, and all that I do. And in exchange, you're getting over 10 exclusive journal prompts, rituals, witch tip videos, meditations, and more each month. If you love this podcast, consider joining my magical space. I can't wait to meet you and be an even bigger part of your magical journey. Go to patreon.com slash Elise Wells or follow the link in the show notes. So now that we've talked a little bit about um, the dangers of being open in the craft, let's talk about why you would want to have your craft present with you at work. And there's many, many reasons, you know, your personal en- energy and your personal boundaries are n- numero uno in that stratosphere because you need to be able to shield. You need to be able to do these self-care routines that maintain your energy throughout your work life. I remember yeah. always being drained in my office because there's you know, there's demands being not only just work demands, but there's emotional and cultural demands being made on you when you don't, when your religion doesn't fit into that cultural norm. So checking in with yourself and shielding yourself, um, that's a practice like nobody knows you're doing it. Nobody has to know you're doing it. You can go to the bathroom and do it if you want to. But making sure you have a, a good shield, um, warding yourself with symbols on, on your skin or on the bottom of your shoes or something, a place where nobody's going to see it. Um, and taking time for that self-care going outside and walking at lunch is a great option like go connect with nature go sit next to a tree connect with the tree so if you want to connect with a tree the best way to do that is just stand next to a tree or sit next to a tree be near the tree and breathe the way we exchange um, information with trees is through breathing they create oxygen we create carbon dioxide Mm-hmm. And we exchange that with each other. So it's information being exchanged. And if you're doing it mindfully, then you start developing a relationship with the energy of that tree. So you can pick a tree that you can go to on your break, on your lunch, that becomes your like m- emotional support tree. <laughs> <laughs> and with trees, when we're talking about connecting with the elders of our home, we can connect with the elders of our workplace. When we think about If you commute Mm -hmm. to a job, you are spending a lot of your time there. So those land spirits want you on their side. They want to know who you are. They will work with you if they know who you are. So introducing yourself to the land spirits at work is not a bad idea. And you can subtly leave offerings to them, especially if you're leaving, if you're eating your lunch outside, for example, pour a little bit of your tea out there for them or your coffee or give them a chip. You know, if there's some nice crows coming by, leave them something shiny. (laughs) There's lots of things you can do to connect with that land, especially once you open yourself up to that, that won't be noticeable to the unsuspecting muggles of the world. Yeah. I mean, seriously, like part of your lunch. Oops, I spilled part of my lunch. Really? That's an offering. They Mm -hmm. don't have to know that. (laughs) Yep. Yep. And really people don't look the way we think they do at stuff. Like, if they don't know, right. they, they don't know. know. Yeah. You don't have to draw attention to it. You don't have to explain yourself. I think that's that's a good point to make is like you don't have to explain yourself to anybody. Mm-mm. You know, if they ask you why you did that, say, I don't know. And just leave it at that. Like, they don't have to know. They don't have to know anything. You don't owe them anything. <laughs> yeah. Yep. No is a complete <laughs> sentence. That's something it I'm is. constantly using as a mantra when I'm out and about. <laughs> it's a hard one no for me to learn, but sentence. it's an important one. And it's very clear. <laughs> I think the most important thing we can do is prepare ourselves for the workday with shielding and ending our day with shielding. So yeah. we'll, we'll talk a little yeah. bit about, about how each of those things can go. And actually, as a teacher, I had to shield my energy throughout the day. Like those prep mm. periods began and ended with a little candle lighting, if I could, or a, yeah. uh, <laughs> a, 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 um, a, what are they called? A room spraying, if I needed, because there's yeah. just something yes. about being around that many 
hormonal teenagers that uh, I, their energy needed cleanse more <laughs> than an adult workplace, any adult workplace I've ever worked in. Oh my god, I have I have one. I don't know how you do with a room full of them. <laughs> oh yeah, I had a class of fifty three. Wow. Yeah. And then God. my other classes were like 46, 47. Yeah. It, it was unconscionable. Mm. In our contract, it said no classes yeah. would be bigger than 28 students. And I had a full, almost double oh. that on average. Three. Jesus. Yeah. That's ridiculous. I know. I know. I, well, why? Mm. Why did I move to Greece? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. I wonder why. <laughs> But yeah, energy shielding. That's that's how I survived. And I started yeah. my and, day and- at, actually in the car. I would do some energy shielding. At home, I had a gratitude practice that I did. I never wanted to leave home ungrateful for home because that meant so much yes. to me, that place of respite. So I would mm. list at least three things I was grateful for. Just like while I'm brushing my teeth. My morning routine at that time in my life, I'm not a morning oh, yeah. person, was like 10 minutes tops. Yeah. So that's how I would start. And then leaving the house in my car before going into school, it was deep breaths, some deep breathing exercises mm. and building a bubble of golden light to protect my energy. That's how I would start yeah. my work day at that time. Good. Yeah. And I think that's so essential, like the shielding, the warding, all these practices, the breathing are really essential when we're dealing with other people because i i don't know anybody who works in a place where they don't have at least one shitty co-worker to deal with one person that just disrupts everything or just makes the day that much worse you know um and, and there's a lot of ways you can deal with them and um i have created a spell for our listeners that uh, it's a tea spell for getting rid of a coworker. So we'll share that later and I'll share a little more details later, but um, you can get that in the show notes and it's a really quick download and it's really discreet and I think you'll like it. So when you leave work, it's equally important to leave work, <laughs> leave it behind you. Don't bring that energy with you. <laughs> Your car is also a sacred space. Talking to the Americans here. If you live in Europe or a place mm. with public transport, then it's probably... I don't know. It's a tough call because you can't have that decompression period on your own between home and work. So maybe if right. you have the opportunity, taking a longer walking route to the subway or something that's going to get you some fresh air in between that, because that's that's a good chance to connect with nature. It's sad to say, but a lot of Americans like we we could spend the entire day never getting any sunlight because we go into work before the sun, right. we leave after the sun. We don't Awful. walk outside. We just go five feet to the car mm-hmm. and then five feet from the car to yep. the house. So that that is definitely a bummer. So the car is a nice sacred space in a sense because it is for us, but it also yes. eliminates our our time outside quite a bit. So, but anyway, yeah, I, I always would shield after work, like, and I would do this visualization, which um, Damien Eccles actually. I read this book. Much later, after I was done teaching, we had him on the podcast, actually. He has a book called Ritual. And one of the exercises he describes is cleansing negative energy by envisioning golden light being inhaled. And Mm -hmm. as you expand, it fills your body, fills every crevice of your body, goes all the way down through every chakra and any any muck that's inside of you, anything that you need to expel, you know, the bad conversations, the annoying students who (laughs) really pushed back on the grade you gave them, the administration not understanding why I made this decision, you know, your boss calling you into the office, the awkward email that you, you know, replied all when you should have just replied to the sender. Like you envision that as like a, like a inky, mass leaving on each exhale so every inhale is more golden light filling out those corners of yourself every exhale is that inky black unsavory like true void grossness leaving you yeah Yeah, it always i whenever i do it it always feels sticky to me like yes literally i don't know like tar or sap yeah that's funny we both said sap at the same time i think of it like sap (laughs) Sap. <laughs> Definitely. And 
I think really a key thing is, is if you have a vehicle where you can get into your vehicle and you have a drive home, make that a conscious time to decompress and to leave work behind and to envision yourself coming home, like that literal feeling of coming home. I, I know too many people, we get in our cars and we just are we're a ball of nerves. We're so tense. We're road rage and we're just so angry, angry, angry instead of letting it go, mm-hmm. leaving it at work it and no setting those boundaries you. of, you know what? Yeah. Like I set that boundary. Like I have clocked out. My day has ended. I am done. Like it is not going to bother me until I step into that office tomorrow morning. Or and your job does not deserve the, you your know. energy outside no. of the hours you are paid no. for it. And in fact, maybe Absolutely depending on the job, not. it doesn't deserve you then either. You should <laughs> maybe you need to look for another job. But <laughs> I should probably go somewhere know, else. <laughs> it's definitely an energy exchange that needs to feel fair. Absolutely. Yeah. But allow yourself that time to let it go. Allow yourself to let it go. I know that was one of my biggest frustrations was that I didn't know how to let it go. Like I didn't realize that I could use the car and my time alone in the car before I got my kids or before I got home or got to the grocery store, wherever I was going after work. Like I could literally use that time to decompress. You know, maybe, maybe you need to scream in your car. You need to sit there and scream for a couple of minutes. Do it. Oh, yeah. Like, that seriously, can be really cathartic. Release that energy. Yes. Yeah. Do whatever you need to do. Like, I mean, don't smash your car into things because that's just not going to help. <laughs> but whatever helpful, productive thing you can do to release yourself. And, and one of the visualizations I did when I was working in corporate America, very stuffy, very staunch, very controlling environments is when I left, I felt like there was a ball and chain attached to me. So Mm. when I would get into my car, I would literally turn on like the most soothing music I could find. And I would sit there for like two, three minutes before I turned the key and go and went away. I would close my eyes and I would imagine myself sawing through that chain. And I had the biggest, badass, most effective like some days it was a a machine some days it was just like a handsaw that i would just saw through that chain and i would drop it like i would literally take my hand outside of my window and i would open it and release it like i was dropping something heavy and it's all energetic nobody knew what i was doing i could be throwing away hair you know that was in you know that i just took off my shoulder or something. Nobody can see what you're doing. Nobody knows what they're doing and you don't owe them any explanation of what you're doing. But that that visual exchange of I am taking this chain off and I am dropping it here in the parking lot and I'm leaving. And yeah. it's so that, you know, that's helpful. That's helpful things to do. And then you feel <laughs> I felt a lot better going home. <laughs> Join me, Leandra Witchwood, in the Rebel Mystic community as we come together and explore the radical, rebellious act of creating sisterhood and engaging in deep self-care. So let's talk covert practices at work, right in their faces. All these muggles, what are you magically doing (laughs) that they aren't seeing? So the number one thing that helped me was a necklace and this wouldn't have to be a necklace if you hate wearing necklaces or you have a job that you can't you could you could put a stone in your pocket that has the same protective powers so Mm -hmm. for me black tourmaline was game changing and actually i had this incredibly tense i used to teach theater so the director role (laughs) of after school theater was what was it was very difficult I, i was completely alone there was not a single other teacher there was only one parent who wanted to Ugh. help. So imagine like I'm making sets, I'm balancing the budget, I'm calling, you know, to oh, order man. wood to make these sets by hand, might I add. I don't even know how to hold a drill, but okay, I'm doing that. Like it was oh really, gosh. really, and, and I'm directing. Like that was the job I thought I was doing. Like I was, right. it was really, 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 really <laughs> difficult. And during tech week. So your director, stage manager, sound. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At one point I counted it up. I was doing the roles of 11 people. And that wasn't including the roles I wish I had also had help for. Like in an ideal world, like 
I would also have like extra parents on hand to help with fittings or like stuff like that. But no, if I just said costume designers, one person, I was also that like, and I had really amazing seniors who were really helpful and they were awesome. But still, like I was the only adult in in the room 99% of the time, which was really, really hard. So better believe I used every energetic power under the sun and moon to help survive that. (laughs) And um, during tech week, my black tourmaline broke. Like it just (gasps) broke into a bunch of pieces. And I know it was because it was just absorbing and using up every last bit of energy. So luckily I had an obsidian pendant at home. So I switched to that until I could get a new black tourmaline because that was, I noticed the difference. If I skipped putting it on or I forgot it, I would feel so tired. I wouldn't by 11 p.m. or a.m. I would just be dead. So there's there's so much an amulet can help you with. And I wasn't as versed in the practice at the time, but also um, imbuing an amulet. It can be anything. It can be a necklace your husband got you. It could be, um, you know, one of those macaroni necklaces your kids made you. Anything you you want (laughs) can be an amulet. You just have to charge it with your energy. So. Um, that that's an option as well. It doesn't have to be a crystal if you don't have an ethical source for them. And and it doesn't have to be a pagan symbol that would draw attention to you, you know? Yeah. Um, it could be, um, an owl that represents, you know, or, or a wolf or some, Mm -hmm. uh, some other animal that represents your deity and that you call upon every day to help protect you and, and sustain your energy. Yeah. So there's a lot of mundane things that are very pagan <laughs> that we can mm-hmm. use. One of my favorite ways to protect and cleanse my energy is to use room spray- sprays or um, clearing sprays. You can, you know, make one out of essential oils. So typically my ratio, because this is also a cleaning spray, but it also could be a room refresher. It is uh, one part alcohol whatever cheap alcohol you can find vodka rum whatever just cheap 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 one part white stilled vinegar one part water and then whatever essential oils you want to put in there however strong you'd like it and i put that in a little spray bottle shake it up and spray it so lemon is a really good one for clearing out energy rosemary lemon and rosemary Mm -hmm. (laughs) you can use rose to help soften energy and bring in more loving energy into the space but all while also protecting the energy and protecting your space so if you're in a cubicle or you drive a truck or you know you have workstation that's that's pretty much yours or you're going to be in there for some time just have this little bottle in your pocket and shake it up and spritz it And if you want to add a level to it, if you work with any Greek deities or the Greek pantheon or Greek traditions call to you, there is a a recipe that I I shared on my Patreon with all my community members for hieronyps, which is a cleansing wash that the ancient Greeks used before ritual and after anything that would have attracted miasma. Miasma was basically their understanding of germs. So they were were pretty close. Ah. They were pretty on the money with it because they... They knew that you got germs from any, they called it human activities, but sex, (laughs) being near a dead body, or cleaning up bodily fluids, you couldn't approach the gods Mm -hmm. without using hernips to cleanse yourself. And what hernips is, it's really Mm -hmm. actually easy to make, but I have a recipe with incantations that I shared, um, you know, that are, they're really, really great. Like you can ritually make this and then it keeps for a good while. But you you mix seawater and spring water. So in this case, if you don't have a sea nearby, like most people, then you would add salt water and fresh water. Tap water is fine in equal parts. And then you take sacred herbs, light them, and then douse them in the water. So the herbs could be relevant to this particular need. Rosemary is like the number one, in my opinion, because it's going to clear all negative energy. It's going to cleanse actual germs from the air too and it also doesn't offend good spirits so that's always nice right um but you can get fun with it yeah yeah uh lavender is also really good because it's so calming that was my go-to for my my room spray at work was lavender and cinnamon because it it reminded me to like step into my own power at work but also cinnamon is also a cleansing uh oil 
or herb to use. So if you maybe can't spray something at your desk, you can't burn anything, obviously. I don't know any office that allow you to burn stuff, but <laughs> if you can't, um, if you can't have a, a physical item there, you can do it a little more covertly by drawing sigils with your finger. Or uh, maybe if you have an oil that you have created or a spray that you've created and you can't spray it at that time, you can put a little bit on your finger and draw sigils on your desk, on your computer, on your chair, um, on your lunch before you stick it in the refrigerator <laughs> to protect it from, you know, the, that coworker that steals everybody's lunches. You know, <laughs> there's all kinds of things you can do. You can um, tape herbs and um, sigils and stuff like that to the underside of your desk or your chair. Now don't do what a coworker of mine did. Please, please, please. <laughs> this was a fiasco. So this one coworker of mine, she was infatuated with um, a contract employee that was working for us. And she kept begging me. She knew she was, you know, of the same like mind and everything. Like this. So she knew who I was and what I did. But um, so she kept she kept bugging me to do a love spell for her, between her and him. And I, and I refused. I, I won't do love spells. That's not something I do. Um, so finally, she decided that she was going to take an Adam and Eve root and tape it to the underside of his desk. He found it. <laughs> It was not pretty. <laughs> um, and, you know, in that Ooh, case, she almost got fired so because he isn't it. Yeah. And it was just so intrusive and it was just unnecessary. So, yeah, like, don't don't do stuff like that. Like, that's terrible. But um, but for your own desk, for your own workspace, if you're the only one ever using it, you can, you know, Put a sigil on the underside of your desk or on the underside of your chair or, you know, just draw it with oil or with water or with uh, tea even. Teas are excellent for this kind of work. Um, not only can you just drink the tea covertly, but you can also give the tea to someone that you're intending to um, work something with. And, I, and I'm leading into the spell that I have, I'm going to share with you guys. So often we have those coworkers that just, they need to go. They're disruptive. They're not helping. They're not cooperative. They just don't do any good for the organization. So we know in our hearts and minds that they need to have the two weeks. <laughs> they need to give a two week notice. But how do you do that? How do you get rid of a coworker that's really disturbing things? That's really not helping. Um, I created a, a two week notice tea that you can use. And keep in mind, this isn't going to infringe upon their will. So those of you who are freaking out right now because I'm suggesting doing a spell on someone, stop. It's cool. <laughs> I'm much more mindful than that. Um, this is going to be a spell to encourage them to give their two-week notice. And um, like uh, Elise and I said earlier, you can get this spell in the show notes. Just sign up for the email newsletter and you will get a copy of this spell for you to use. And it's easy. So it's a simple blend of, of common herbs and you can make a tea that they either drink it or if you if they refuse to drink it or if they have an allergy to one of the herbs that is not good for them to drink, you can use it as a spray or maybe wash their mug with it or uh, a pen that they like to use or their phone. You can be a little covert and not leave anything behind that outs you. You know, you don't want to be ousted. But it's not intrusive either. So this spell is highly functional. It's fun to just get into ways that you can be covert in the workplace and still practice and not have to sell yourself out to the man. <laughs> Oh my God, I am so excited to bring this to you. This is the Rebel Mystic Method. This is an entire framework I have been working on for oh, nearly 20 years. And what this brings to you is five essential areas to manifest, to help you manifest 
your best life. I take you through calibrating your compass, where we define your core values and set that foundation for your visions and your dreams. Then I take you through energy hygiene and mastery, where I teach you how to master your own energy you're sending out into the universe, as well as the energy coming at you from other places and other people. Then, of course, shadow work. Shadow work, where we learn to identify our patterns and instill those superpowers into our daily lives and honor them as we manifest our needs and desires. Then, of course, magical alliances, where I take you through my framework for connecting with deity, connecting with spirit guides, connecting with ancestors, and working with them to achieve your goals. And then finally, we put it all together in daily practices, rituals, and observances that help us solidify and manifest those things we need most in our life. I hope you're excited for this. The live workshop happens October 12th at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And when you reserve your seat, you get a copy of the entire guidebook. This has pages and pages and pages of helpful information, worksheets, and the entire framework you need to get started and to manifest your best life. The links are in the show notes. I look forward to seeing you in the workshop. Blessed be. So before we wrap this episode up, we got an awesome question from a listener that we wanted to answer here in the episode. So the listener writes, if I want to work with a goddess from Japan, should I write or speak to them in Japanese? Can we communicate clearly with any deity through any language? It'll be my first time trying to reach out to a deity, so it's fairly new to me. So I wanted to start with the short answer, which is any language is fine. I I truly believe that. I think it's really heartwarming for deities when we put that extra work in. And I think especially like Greek deities, I've noticed because that's my own experience that there is a, a kind sort of respect that they have for, for that extra work. But when I first started writing petitions or incantations in Greek, even though I grew up speaking Greek to an extent, it wasn't in that kind of way. So I definitely made grammatical errors or spelled things wrong or, you know, but they, that did not matter. It, it actually still strengthened my relationship because it was about the effort behind that. Um, now, I don't right. think it's necessary, though. You know, I mean, pretty much nobody. I, in my experience, it's not. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, in my experience, um, it, I think we have to think of spirit much bigger than than our human confines allow us. So, spirit, they they're bigger than borders, languages, cultural constructs, and. The limitations we put in place of connecting with DET, I think, are are our own. They are specific to our own limitations. You know, like the church does. Like the church says that you can only connect through God, through your priest or your minister or whatever. Uh, I really find that spirits bigger than that. They don't. They don't see. They don't experience us the that that way the way we experience other humans if that makes sense um like when i'm writing out petitions i write them out in my own language because i know i can be clear i can be concise i can fully express what i need and what i what my desires are and what i'm willing to put forth to gain that um and when spirit speaks back to me it's never for me, it's not in words. For me, it's like just a knowing. And I think that's really how they communicate is just they unknowing. Like when you approach, when you start connecting, when you make your intentions solid and clear, there's a knowing that ju- it's just automatically transmuted or transmitted. And that's where the relationship takes place is a, that clear understanding. So I don't think it's necessary. But yeah, I agree. It's I think it's a that extra dedication, that extra show of dedication, that extra oomph you can give to the relationship, that extra show of respect. And I think it helps. I think it's, yeah, go if, if hell, if that's even just an excuse for you to learn Japanese, go do it. <laughs> and same goes for land spirits. In fact, I think that's why they feel so remote and difficult for people to work with is that they do not have names in most cases. 
So that doesn't mean you're not really experiencing that entity. Names are a human construct. We use names Mm -hmm. in witchcraft. We adopt magical names because they help us step into our power. That doesn't mean names aren't powerful, but they also at the same time don't determine a deity or an entity's power. They're just, they're just a name. I think the movies put way too much stock in, you know, I said the guy's name and now look at this, you know, like it's always like some demon is summoned by accident because someone read aloud. (laughs) (laughs) Names aren't that important. (laughs) Mary meet, Mary part, and And Mary meet meet again. again. Thank you for joining us on the Magic Kitchen podcast. Please visit my website, leandrawitchwood.com, for news, information, and more episodes. I'm Elise Wells, and I can be found at Seeking Numina on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook, and SeekingNumina.com. That's Seeking, N-U-M-I-N-A.